Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. The Gridiron Stud Show, Football Friday. It's the show everyone waits for every week, and we are happy to bring it to you. Chad Wilson here, along with Emil Calamino. Uh, Emil, I've had a, I've had a, a bit of an interesting week, an interesting couple of days here. Uh, an interesting Have couple you now? of days. Oh yeah, an interesting couple of days for the Gridiron Stud Show. Um, we may have some new listeners. Uh, had a recruiting roundtable show on Wednesday, as you know, I always do, with a bit of a special guest. And it was a, a gentleman known on Twitter as Clutch Like MJ. And, uh, Emil, let me tell you, it was a wild, wild show on Wednesday. Um, I know you're not much in the Twitter universe, so I'm going to give you the cliff notes on this. And uh, it's it's basically this. Young man creates a uh, Twitter account, um, befriends uh, recruits, players, coaches from uh, the University of Florida football program um, has uh, apparently friends that are high up, booster types. Um, however, he went about doing that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, but people in the know basically, and um, eventually ended up setting up a message board chat room, if you will, and uh, started charging folks to be members of. Uh, the uh, chat room. An entrepreneur. So we like in- that already. Of course. Um, that's what this great country of ours was built on. So uh, went ahead and uh, started charging for that, um, giving some inside information. And you know fans like that stuff. So uh, they're in there. They're paying for it. They're getting inside information. Also was pretty good at making uh, highlight videos about the University of Florida, pretty good stuff, and then also got into making T-shirts, which people purchased, and um, was his claim, one of his claims to fame, though, was being pretty harsh to opposing fans of the Florida Gators. So that would be Florida State, and that'd be the University of Miami, and those that supported them came at them pretty hard, and was pretty slick with his words. Um, from someone who's slick with his words himself. Uh, the kid was pretty good at getting under people's skin. You know, I watched it um, from time to time on Twitter. He'd get after he'd get after people pretty good. Eh? Well, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, he got it. But, you know, he'd get a if he was in a basketball game with these people, definitely technical fouls going on because they wanted to kill him. So, flowing along, life is good for the kid. And then Wednesday morning, a bomb is dropped. One of, uh, I guess, the people he pissed off on Twitter, not too happy with him, decided eh, something don't seem right about this guy and went and did some digging. And through reverse phone lookup and uh, other techniques that, you know, you could, that have been put on display on uh, MTV's Catfish show, uh, used some techniques to, 
to just get after whatever it was that was bugging him about this kid. And lo and behold, turns out kid wasn't using his real name on Twitter. And the pictures he had on he his Twitter account. He said his handle was Clutch Like Mike MJ, no? Clutch Like MJ, but in his dealings with people, which he did have, because he would speak to people outside of the Twitter world, talk to them. Right. You know, you got to do something to get all this information. Um, use the name Ryan Bryant. And that was the name he went by. Uh, look, I had conversations with the kid on many occasions, and that was the name that I called him by, uh, Ryan. So um, it came to learn that name's not Ryan, and these pictures that you say are of you, which you draw a little bit of a resemblance to Will Greer, um, the uh, quarterback at the University of Florida, well, these are not you. These pictures oh. actually belong to someone named Drew Walker, uh, I think somewhere in the state of Ohio. So a real live catfish situation being played out on social media. So he didn't propose to anybody, did he? Does he have any Notre Dame linebackers marrying him or anything like that? <laughs> well, you listen, it's <laughs> Funny that you say that because those 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 things did come up um, at once folks um, found out about them. You know, obviously, anytime there's a, an identity thing going on, any type of identity issue, yeah, there might be a guy in San Diego ready to come come yeah, get him. Yeah, Manti Teo bring back and, bad uh, memories. Yeah, and the Casper girlfriend always comes up. Um, so, nevertheless. Um, this saga played out, and uh, I will have to say that the gentleman who exposed it. Um, did a pretty good job of it, did a pretty good job of finding out, did a pretty good job of laying it all out. And, you know, all the people that he pissed off grabbed that, grabbed this information, Emil, like a loose football, picked it up and ran with it. I mean, they were just too happy. And it was the crush session started. Um, and you know how that goes on social media. I'm ignorant to this. Stop. You're going too fast. I'm 47 years old. Yeah, you feel, know how the mind Feel free to slow down. me down there, Grandpa. Yeah. What? Okay, what's the issue other than that he got under their skin? I mean, first of all, I mean, he's he's not the first person to not use his God-given name. Um, you know, guys like Mark Twain and Muhammad Ali come to come mm. to, you know, come <laughs> to my mind. So, okay, what's uh, the problem? And, and that's a point I made. You got WWE wrestlers not using real names. I think what it is, Emil, is that people were pissed off because he attacked them. And, I, again, very venomous with his words. And that, I believe, was the real thing. He that attacked them personally the majority or just abused – did he abuse oh, their team? Oh, listen, he abused their team, but in the process of doing that, as, as look, a majority of these fans do, it always spills over into personal. Once you get through the whole your team sucks thing and you want to keep it going, and, you're, and you know, when you're in a Twitter fight, you got to score points um, – once you're done with the team and you've you know beat that dead horse, it's got to go over into personal stuff about how you you know what you look like and everything else, um, and that's how all <laughs> these discussions go. So yes, he 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 was a merciless Emil, merciless. Um, nothing seemed to be off limits and could be crass and vulgar and all that, uh, no doubt. And so all these people hurt by him wanted to come forth um, and and say so, and they were doing so on social media all day. Fortunately, for me. Um, had a relationship with the kid, and uh, he came on the show Wednesday night and told his end of the story. Just wanted the kid to tell his well, end of the story. Well, let me hear. Give me the executive summary, and then I'll give you my thoughts. What 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 were what was his end of the story? Give, what, the executive words, summary right was. Uh, yeah, the executive summary is this. Uh, okay, he wanted to apologize because he had a couple of other guys that he did stuff with. 
uh, they were part of something called the Gator Gang, um, and they did podcasts and all that. He wanted to, you know, apologize to them because, you know, he was, you know, had dealings with them and to let everyone know that they had nothing to do with anything that he did. So he wanted to put them in the clear. That was number one. Number two was he said he started, um, he, he had this identity because he was going to do stuff with recruiting and was concerned that there may be some type of NCAA violations and didn't want to use his real name because he didn't want anything traced back to him. You have people out there that said he's been using this identity for quite some time way before this. But nevertheless, that was uh, his stance on that. And that, uh, Emil, is basically this. That 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 was his whole. That's the executive summary. That's why he. That's why he did it. And you know, um, uh, one thing okay, led to here, another. Wait, hold here's on, hold how on. I would vet this out mm-hmm. for people. If they're ticked that they paid for something and use his real name, they don't. To me, they don't have an issue. His name isn't what they were paying for. If they were in the chat right, room, which is what he said, they were much. paying. He did say as much. Yeah, they were paying to chat or they were paying for whatever information he provided, uh, mm-hmm. assuming he provided something useful that they were either entertained with or found beneficial. Uh, they got what they paid for there. They bought a shirt off him, assuming he delivered mm-hmm. a shirt, and they liked it and kept mm-hmm. it and wore it. They got the shirt. Now, if he was personal and venomous in his attacks, that has nothing to do with him not using his name, and they'd be ticked at, they'd be ticked at him regardless of the name he used, and that's a legitimate point i mean if you're if he was calling your you know your mother or wife or yourself some some name right well that's right. different but that has nothing to do with his name what he used it just has to do with him not being you know very intelligent in his choice of words or whatever he did how's that mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah and you, you know, for some reason you're breaking up there a little bit but that you know listen we uh, which is not abnormal. You and I agree on that. Um, your issue is not uh, the fake name. It, you know, uh, Twitter allows you to have a handle, and you can be anything. It's irrelevant. The fake name is, to yeah. me is not relevant in any of this. I don't care what you call yourself. Um, you know, we can come on here and call ourselves Larry Meach and Big, <laughs> Big Hoover for well, an I mean, hour. we've been known matter. to do that, right? We've been known yes. to do that. Big Meach and Larry Hoover. Um, Big Meach. You know, I, obviously, I, see, we're I back look around. and I reverse the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you know, um, we, yeah, we definitely have used that alias. A lot of people do, but you know, we're clowning around. And so, yeah, listen, people are talking about it. I think um, the anger is misplaced. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you could be mad at the guy for saying all these things to you. And listen, uh, he even admitted that if one of the people that he's had arguments with was outed for being uh, a catfish, he would have absolutely be doing what the people are doing now, going in on him. But nevertheless, Kit told the story, and then Emil, the phone calls were piling in with people with stories about him and things he said and the things that he did and, you know, him being an awful human being and so on and so forth. I mean, we've never had this many calls on this show. Uh, did he defend himself at all, or did he just say no? No, no, no. I didn't leave that. him. I didn't leave him on there for that. Um, and even with the calls, he still had people tweeting me questions they wanted me to ask, and some of them are like, "I'm not going to ask that." You know, they wanted me to kill and crush the guy, and my whole deal was, I'm trying to keep the guys. I'm trying to keep the guy on the phone and tell his story. That's that's what I'm talking about. Well, um, uh, you know, I'm going to say this, and, and you and I have talked about this off air, and, and I was ready to put something up about this the other day before you even told me a story, but I didn't care to do it. There's a whole new, 
phenomena going on in this generation, I'll, and I'll call it people. I'm going to say most of them are under the age of 35, but it's it's guys our age too. When mm-hmm. we were young, for people out there, I'm sure they've heard the term beer muscles. You know, you'd go into mm-hmm. a bar and you'd mm-hmm. you know you'd have a couple too many drinks, and all of a sudden you thought you were a little bit tougher and th- than you mm-hmm. really are. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, at least, required you to be in front of the person you were confronting with your beer muscles. Today, we have what I call social media muscles, and they occur between Facebook and Twitter and all these other ways we use to communicate, which in many ways are beneficial to us personally and in business. But people use them, and, man, they say things to other people that I know for a fact they would never say if if they were sitting at a table or in front of that person. Never. Yeah, there's a certain amount of courage that comes with anonymity. I, I think you and I both know that. Um, so, you know, um, it does it does allow you to, what's the term, pop off a little bit. So, um, but, but it's again, not even that. Very, no, no, no. Come on, pop off is what you do in a football or basketball game when you're trying to get under a guy's skin a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, come on. Some of the stuff people say is just hateful things that they would never say. Uh, you know, right down to you know. Racial slurs and mm. just things that you right. know they would never say. Yeah, in front you know of you're not going to have to pay the price. You think you're not going to have. Right. To. He was wrong on that. Right. So, um, yeah, right. de- I, I definitely get that. So that is uh, that's that's the uh, cliff notes of what went down. So it was uh, a, an, an amazing well, show. You had an interesting um, listen. You had an interesting day. Did you get to talk about any recruiting, or did we just did we just talk oh, about no, the Oh no! Of course, I got that out of the way because I knew if I started off with that stuff, um, all the recruiting stuff would be thrown to the wind. But nevertheless, in the process of listening, folks uh, got some pretty good information on recruiting from around the country. Because you know, lost in all this is that that re- recruiting show on Wednesday is uh, pretty damn good stuff, if I must say so myself. I get six guys, five, six reporters on each and every week, and they talk about uh, the latest information on the top recruits um, in in each one of their areas. So it's really, really good stuff there. So, you know. Um, and I do read your ten, tweets on Twitter, even though I don't love Twitter. I, lo- I like reading. It, 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 yeah, it's I know about you're perfect not, you know, for my attention span. Right. I know you're not heavy into that. But nevertheless, 10,000-plus listeners um, got treated to a really good show and with a little bit of controversy, which is what we like in this country. I'd promised to have killed this, uh, you know, the next day. After, I even the next day, the next day on yesterday's show, had an open phone line because I felt bad about not being able to get to all those callers. Had an open phone line after I did the regular show and uh, let people call in with their stories and their feelings about it. So, and uh, you know, I promised it would be wow, dead there. Wow, you had more listeners than guy, CNN man, had viewers. Do you realize that? Yeah, there you go. What's that? <laughs> You had more listeners than CNN probably had viewers the other night. <laughs> well, man, why'd CNN get just thrown under the bus and had gasoline poured on them right there? I don't know what. Why, well, <laughs> why no, that's you do that literally because I've I've gone and looked at ratings over like, when I get bored. I like I like stuff like TV ratings. I like to see what people watch. And you know what? There's been nights that CNN hasn't had ten thousand viewers in certain hours. Oh, really? Well, well there yeah. you go. There you go. Um, if that is indeed true, I find that to be hilarious. You would think they'd be uh, in the hundreds of thousands, but uh, you know, you find I didn't out say all the time. Life. I didn't say all the time. I just find the it fact that they could that even go had... that low. Yeah, how are you still on yeah. the air? And what are they charging for ads there? Can I run some Gridiron Studs ads? Gridiron Stud show ads on CNN? I mean, call we're, them we're, up. They might doing, let you. We're doing the you same get the number. Get on. They might take you for an hour or something like that. 
Oh, yeah, well, yeah, nothing like a little bit of good controversy. So I said it would die yesterday, but like I said, you're my guy, and I feel like I need to inform you. You know, we're partners here on this thing, so, um, you know, that's about it. No, that's I mean, I listen, anyway. our take is pretty much the same. I think people got too caught up, it sounds like, in the whole name thing, and they wanted to use that maybe to get under his skin, I guess, because at the end their venom should be addressed at whatever – hateful things he may have said personally i mean if that's the case fine but it sounds like you got what you paid for um so you know as far as commerce goes you don't have a bitch as far as i'm concerned you got what you paid for yeah so uh there you have it and so that was that craziness in a nutshell so um a little off the a little off the field stuff Right there. We are. Uh, listen, I'm excited, Chad. We're going to uh-huh. talk about football soon because right now I'm done talking about Syrian refugees. So can we get to football? Oh, man. That's not going away, but we can take a healthy break from it. Before I go uh, uh, on our first break here, let me see if we've got a caller here that has a uh, comment for Caller, you have a question or comment? What's happening, man? What's happening? Oh, it's my guy here. Man, you got too many numbers, my brother. Uh, uh, what you sharing with us today? You got You got something? Uh, nah, I ain't, man. I, I ain't been on no picks in a while, man. I've been dealing with a little controversy myself, so uh, everything mm. is good. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I do want to. I, I, I do want to get with you on that. I'm, you know, I've been a bad friend. I haven't been able to call and get to the bottom of that. I did see something like that thrown out there, but you know, I'm juggling a lot of stuff these days. But I'm definitely gonna find out what's going on with you. Do Do we need to send some people out there, man? We need to get something handled. No, nah, nah, we got we got the cavalry already ready, bro. Oh, Lordy. Hey, Les, explain explain something to me. Before we go to break, I want to get you on football. Last week, I watched the end of that Lions-Packers game, okay? And I'll be damned if the Lions didn't try as hard as they could to figure out a way to somehow blow a game that they had dominated. I see them score. They go up 18-10. to Damn, they missed the extra point. Then... They let the Packers go down the field, cut it to a two-point game. They stopped the two-point conversion. I figure, beautiful, the Lions are going to pull the upset. Then Calvin Johnson somehow fumbles the onside kick. How did you feel? Did you watch any of that? Were you, were you like, ready to destroy a TV set at some point there? Uh, you know, actually, I, after uh, my, my discuss with uh, Matthew Stafford, I, I, I vowed not to watch a game the rest of the season. I'm done. Good for you, because I'm getting there with the Cowboys, so you, you and I will be doing the same things on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to find a way to watch the game, but I'm not watching my favorite team play. But, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. But, you know, hey. It's, it's, it's hey, that I'm kind of year you, for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's that tough. kind of year. I mean, hey, uh, am I leaving you on to listen or, or what? What do you mean? Well, you know, some people call into the show just so they can hear it. You listening to it otherwise, like on a computer or something? I'm going. I'm going in the house. Yes, I'm listening to it, man. I mean, I want to know y'all picks. I mean, I haven't, like I said, I haven't been in the loop for a few days. Been taking care good. of some stuff. And yeah, so everything. Well, is good, good man. I I owe you a phone call off here uh, to find out what's going on with you. So. Um, I'll definitely do that, man. But let me take off. Uh, we got to hit a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about stuff happening actually on the field, man. So stay tuned there and listen with us. Thanks for calling, Les. All right, we're going to head into that first break. When we get back, uh, actual on-the-field stuff we're going to talk about here on the Gridiron Stud Show. How about that? We'll be back right after this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Halloween. Taliban. 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 Yeah. Jump in, jump in, jump in. Them boys up to something. They just spent like two or three. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. All right, what do you know about that run DMC, Amel? Not much. Anything? <laughs> no, not that. I mean, they made the king of rock for crying out loud. <laughs> Listen, you, you're going you're gonna to give me a hard time about my lack of uh, knowledge of hip-hop. Your hip-hopness? Yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta look over the course of time here. You and I need to cross educate. Um, you fill me in on like uh, some ACDC and Rush stuff, and I'll get you down. I, on, if uh, you said DMC. country, I was gonna have a real problem with you because I know no, as man, much about never, country music as I do about hip hop. No, I didn't figure you to be uh, the country guy. Not at all. I didn't get that vibe at all. So uh, there you go. No, yeah, just rock so, and maybe some Sinatra on the side. You know, I've been. Uh, listen, I'm a New Yorker, so I have to admit, black guy like myself, um, do like some Sinatra, especially around this time of year when we get into the holidays. Uh, oh yeah, if you're in a nice salad. restaurant and it's playing in the background, there's nothing like a little Sinatra to set the mood. Yeah, just every now and then though, I do get like uh, the feeling, or so if I'm in a restaurant and that stuff's playing, like someone's gonna come in and uh, turn over a table and beat the hell out of someone because Sinatra's been in a lot of these gangster movies. Oh yeah, you think you think you're like you're, you're gonna get you're, a scene from Goodfellas. Yeah, Some, yeah. Someone's getting hung out of a window by their by their tie, their necktie, or something like that. So, oh yeah, uh, that's the only thing that bugs me about good old Sinatra. So there you go. All right, uh, college football games coming up. What do you want to attack here first? Are we going to NFL first? Well, I know you we care about the board. We have to give out the. We're going to give out the winning picks. Let's go down the board a little bit. There's a, you know, there's some games this weekend that uh, are interesting. Maybe we can talk about them. There's been some injuries off the field that might impact some of these games. Um, I don't have a pick on this game. I'm going to start right there in SEC country. Uh, Mississippi's all, they opened up as a four-and-a-half-point favorite against LSU. It's up to six-and-a-half. Uh, what's the story there? Are we getting a little carried away with Mississippi, or do you think LSU's done? LSU seems to be done, man. Uh, I mean, you, when you got Brett Bilema post-game talking like heavy, heavy trash after trashing you, I mean, 
I mean, it would stand to reason that people think they're done. And it could be a serious problem here um, with LSU being motivated. I mean, here's a team that swore they were going to be in that 14 playoff. They were well on their way, and Alabama punches them in the face, totally cages their animal in the backfield, and they couldn't get up off the canvas last week. It's anyone's guess as to what their mindset is right now. Um, Ole Miss has already had a chance to lick their wounds and get back on their feet. This this loss for LSU came a little late in the season. I don't know what we're going to see with the Tigers when they line up on Saturday night. So, uh, My concern me personally, for the Tigers and- – my concern to the Tigers in this game is I think that the, what they do well, which is run the football, plays plays into what Ole Miss does well defensively, which is stop the run. And you got Ole Miss on a on a you know coming off a bye week with a way to finish their season strong. You know, nice you know good finish against with wins over LSU and Mississippi State. So for me, I think the line is justified. I'm kind of with you. I think LSU may have punched out for the season. Well, are would they are they going to lay down in this one though? You think? I mean, are they just going to flat out? About lay down. Up, I just don't think the booty. I don't know about lay down in, in, the, in the sense of the way a fan would think of laying down. Um, you know, I just don't think the preparation will be there. The things they need to do to win a football game here. And you know, with that said, I mean, I kind of I kind of think they're going to have a tough time. I mean, for me, I'd be laying the six and a half points. Let me put it that way. Would you? Yeah. Um, yes. I don't know, man. That's a that's a tough one. So if LSU shows up, uh, I'm not big on Mississippi in the trenches, but you know, and, and this is not Kandichi, your LSU though that you're used to. I mean, if you really break down LSU season and look at the games they won, they gave up quite a few points. I mean, that's not normal LSU football. I mean, you go back mm-hmm. and look at games like Syracuse, 34-24, Eastern Michigan, 44-22. That's a lot of points for teams that are fairly inept offensively. Even South Carolina, who is not a really good offensive club, hung 24 on them. Florida is not a really good offensive club, 28. I mean, this is not your typical LSU team built around a you know a rock solid defense. Uh, that would, I would have to agree. Honestly, me, it'd be a game I'd stay away from because if LSU does wake up and um, say, "Hey, look, we got a season to play here," then this, uh, you know, Mississippi's not six and a half points better. But if LSU is on whatever they were on last week, then six and a half is not nearly enough. So I don't even know where we're going with that. So what what, what do you got next? Here's one where that's kind of to? interesting to me. Based on this is ACC country, based on the way they've played and 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 where they're walking into, uh, North Carolina is a five and a half point favorite on the road going to Virginia Tech. It's an average Virginia Tech team, but they still do one thing fairly well that Virginia Tech's you know been known to do over the years. They play decent defense. I mean, they've given up 336 yards a game, which is not much in today's college game, um, and it's Beamer's last home game, I believe. Uh, what do you think here? So you think there's going to be a high amount of motivation. Listen, Emil, the last two weeks, there isn't a better offense in the country than um, North Carolina right now. They've absolutely destroyed the two teams that were involved in that uh, crazy ending, Duke and Miami. And right now they're on a serious roll. So I don't care how much defense – you know, Virginia Tech plays or thinks they can play. If North Carolina comes the way that they've been coming, uh, it's not it's not going to matter. The biggest problem for Virginia Tech is going to is is uh, offensively. Are they going to be able to answer? And I'm I'm not so sure that they would. If I was going in a direction, I'd probably lean in North Carolina's direction. But the reason I don't like it, 
back-to-back games going over 60-50, the heads get kind of big. People start talking about you being a top-10 team, possibly sneaking into championship game. That 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 uh oh the playoffs that would uh and you that got would you, and you have a rivalry game on deck next week with the thought that that rivalry game propels you to an ACC title game against Clemson. It kind of this game is one of those games to me that kind of gets overlooked. Um, Virginia Tech's won their last two two times out. Uh, beating Boston College and Georgia Tech on the road, by the way, which, you know, say what you want, they're still conference road wins. And Beamer's last game, I mean, I've got to tell you something. I wouldn't play the game, but if you force me to make a pick, I would take the points in the home team here. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe, perhaps. I'd have to flip a coin on that one. But, uh, I'm, you know, I can't be mad at you for doing that. Sure. Next one i got to pick on, but I'll let you – we could talk about it in generalities, and if you have something to say, uh, Wisconsin is giving 10 to Northwestern. Both teams come in ranked in the top 25. Uh, Next, good I got a pick on it. Okay, me too. Okay, so we'll, there you go. See how this show is efficient. We just <laughs> moving right along. We each have a pick on that game. Okay, carry on. Here, you, yep. you speak of Brett Bielema, an interesting mm-hmm. game. Arkansas has run off four in a row. They've got a night game at home. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites against Mississippi State, coming who's coming yeah. in off a loss. You, what do you see happening here? I like Arkansas. Um, Me too. Me too. I think, I think yeah, they're on a roll I, right I, now. I, I like I, Arkansas. You know. Mississippi State also, um, I think, are going to be a little bit messed up in the head uh, over, over last week, the way they got beat by Alabama. Alabama's crushing spirits <laughs> along the way here. And I think Arkansas is on a roll. They've already come to grips with who they are this season. They started off the year thinking they were something else. And, uh, was you know, they got down in the dumps and they've worked their way quite nicely out of uh, the little bit of doldrums that they were in to rip off four straight wins, back-to-back wins over Ole Miss and LSU on the road. I think Arkansas is a very strong football team right now. And Mississippi State's head, uh, after getting trounced 31-6 to by Alabama, probably not going to be right. I would go uh, Arkansas on that one. I go. No, I, I agree with you there, and I'm going to hop out of order because I kind of skipped this one. There's a decent ball game tonight out in the uh, Mountain West. First place is on the line in, in the division. Air Force is playing uh, Boise at Boise State. Boise State last mm-hmm. week is like a four-touchdown or three-touchdown, some ridiculous number against an improving New Mexico squad. I thought the number was odd when I looked at it, but I remembered it was New Mexico, but they're a lot better this year. They beat Boise at Boise last week. They come in today as an 11-point favorite against the Air Force, both teams are 7-3. and three. What do you what do you think there? Oh, you're asking me to fly out there in that Mountain West like that? Um, i got to go with the home team here. I really do. I think I do have to go with the home team. Back Boise State, um, the line seems suspicious. Why would Boise State be this big of a favorite in this in this contest? Uh, two 7-3 teams, Boise State has not really – blown people away they're coming in here off of a loss to new mexico i don't think people saw that happening uh it's their second loss in 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 four games they were blown away by i mean absolutely crushed by utah state some three four weeks ago and uh air force is coming in here with four straight wins uh, why why yeah. why is the line this high so off of off of i will i will use the line suspicion and say we probably need to back the home team on this one yeah you know I think part of it is there is some lying suspicion there. Part of it is I think Boise's a team that's overvalued at home. Um, the public, mm-hmm. Boise's more of a public team, let's put it that way, than Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm not so sure about this Boise coach. I think a lot of people are just assuming this is the same Boise that Chris Peterson had. And right. I, I don't think it is. And with that said, one thing I know about the academies, win, lose, or draw, they'll play you tough. They'll play you for four quarters. And when you're running mm-hmm. that goofy offense, uh, I, right. I hate that as a defensive well, coordinator. Well, you're either prepared it's for that so- thing or not. If you're not prepared for it, you're going to take uh, an embarrassment. You're going to get embarrassed. If you are prepared for it, and you happen to, you know, start scoring some points on your end, then, you know, you're going to leave this team in the dust. So, I mean, I, I don't love the game. I'd be inclined to take the 11 points just because I don't like what I'm seeing going on at Boise. I think I think a lot's changed when Peterson left, and people are just assuming, hey, it's the same Boise. And, you know, I'm not so sure about that. But let's move along, and, you know, we'll give a cursory discussion here, only because it's the home team. Georgia Tech comes down there. 12:30 tomorrow. They're a two-point favorite. Three and seven. Georgia Tech is a two-point favorite at six and four. Miami. Uh, talk about line suspicion there. I'll tell you straight out of the gate. I almost made Georgia Tech a pick. I just I, did you? After seeing what I've seen with Miami, uh, I just I, I don't know. I don't know if they have any motivation left for this game. There'll be nobody Amen. in the stadium. At the risk of selling. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it, and that sucks because it's uh it's another season. Amy, I hope. Listen, don't don't let me get all the way on the soapbox. But it's another season where you have you have a great group of seniors, some guys that deserve to go out to a packed stadium, uh, are going to see anything but that. Uh, and and just be honest, you're going to walk out there and that thing's going to be empty. And uh, I think that sucks really big for the players. For someone who. Um, played his final game in the Orange Bowl in front of, I think, might still be the uh, biggest crowd ever at the stadium. Uh, that's the way you kind of want to go out, and these guys aren't going to have this opportunity. Let me give you some numbers here. All right, I'm going to read off some numbers for you. The last four games, rushing yards allowed by the University of Miami. 416 against Clemson. 182 against Duke, a game they managed to win. 127 against Virginia. I think that's the best number of the year. And then 298 against North Carolina. I mean, so you're Amal- saying that just, doesn't bode well when you're playing Georgia Tech, I'm assuming. No, man. No. 416 versus Clemson. Uh, Florida State put 248 on you. North Carolina, a passing team, put 298 up on you. I mean, we got problems. And then on on, on, on our end... We can't run the ball. We've only gone over 100 yards rushing uh, as a team in two of the last seven, six ball games. We got a serious problem against yeah, Georgia I mean, Tech, and I, I look at this game and know I mean, what I, I hate know about Miami. I'd, I'd, I'd lean Georgia Tech's way if, if if I was a guy with a gun to my head having to bet on this game. Yeah, I just can't imagine Miami having much motivation. They're going to run out of tunnel. There's going to be 5,000 people in the, in the stands. Most of them is going to be their parents. Yeah, and that's the stuff that hurts the most seeing that but it's the reality i think maybe these guys um have adjusted to it that this is their reality uh, i know they're going to go out and play knowing these group of seniors that are there um some of them i've had conversations with uh i think they'll i think they'll adjust to that reality and go out and play hard they're the types that will go out as hard as possible but at the end of the day man they're just not um what's the word i'm looking for just not I guess coached up, man. Let me stop cutting around it. Not not coached yeah. up well enough on 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 stopping a run and your run fits and where, you know what? Florida State's option got off on Miami. What's this team doing that's coming in this week? 
Oh, they're running. They're running a very good option. As a matter of fact, what's yeah, deceiving like, about hey, Georgia like, Tech in this like game? Like a mofo. <laughs> yeah, go check Georgia Tech scores. I know losses are losses, but Georgia Tech really wasn't getting hammered all year. I mean, really, what's happened is they've lost quite a few close games. So, mm-hmm. I think they're better than a three and seven record. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, they've had a little run of bad luck. They've been and they're still playing these games close that they're in. They're coming in here off of a loss. Um, and as much as I think these guys are going to play hard, uh, I don't think they're laying down this week in their final home game. Uh, I just don't think they're they're equipped to to stop Georgia Tech's options. So that's yeah. what I'll say on okay, that. Okay, let's Riding I have four big ones to hit here. You may have picks on them. Say so if you do, um, and then we'll we'll move on. I guess we're going to do our picks then, right? Um, sure. We've got Oklahoma State and Baylor. Do you have a pick on that? You know I don't mess with that Big 12 stuff. You yeah, got a first okay. well, I mean, this is going to have the you got to figure out game. who's going to have the curious. ball last to figure out who's going to win, Emil. That's the yeah, first that's thing true. you got to handicap. You know, I know I know we talked about Oklahoma State playing defense and all that good stuff and they do. But uh yeah, you know, I don't know. I just have a feeling in this game Baylor's going to win the game. Don't ask me why. No no there's nothing other than just a, it's a gut feeling. I think this is going to come down like you said to a couple possessions toward the end of the game and uh I just have Could a it have something Oklahoma to do State. with them coming off of the loss to Oklahoma? How do you think they're going to handle that mentally? Uh, I mean, you're on well, your way we'll to possibly being in this whole playoff thing that you missed out on last year, and uh, and one fail swoop, you're out. That That's the truth, no doubt about it. That's a challenge for Bryles. He seemed to be a good coach that way. I mean, um, you know, they're not Alabama in that, yeah, they've been good the last couple of years, but they're not somebody that's perennially good for two decades. Uh, so I have a feeling, you know, they're still playing for a really good season, a good bowl. And the other thing is, I just sense Oklahoma State's on borrowed time. Like I said, they've won quite a few games that the ball's bounced their way. I just have a feeling one of these games is not going to bounce their way. Uh, here's the speech if you're Art Bryles. Listen, some team from Oklahoma destroyed our hopes for this season last week. There's another team from Oklahoma we're taking on here. Let's go F up their year. Yep. And then and then walk out. Yeah. Turn around and show the team your back. And then go play. So I'm with you. Um, yeah, a loss is coming. Um, the college football fan of me doesn't want to see that happen because I kind of want to see that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game mean everything sure. in the world. Um, I'd like to see that, but eh. yeah, you I'm might be right on this the- one. I'm going to skip the TCU-Oklahoma game because I don't know if we can intelligently talk about the game without knowing the status of, of Boykin. I mean, Doc, you know, Doc Doxon's out. Um, I have a feeling even if Boykin plays, it's going to be tough for Oklahoma to lose that game at home. But Bob's done it before, but I, I have no number to even talk about. So um, unless you had something to say, I was going to move along. No, you can carry on on that one. You Carry on. Here's one that I think they're personally. I didn't make a pick on this. I think they're starting to get a little carried away here, and I'm I'm switching. I, you know, early in the week, I liked Ohio State, but I've seen this line go from 13. It now sits at Ohio State giving 14 to Michigan State, and while Michigan State is not the team we necessarily thought they would be in terms of dominating this year, I'm also not sure that they should be getting two touchdowns against anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'd lay the 14 if it's me. Would you really? Uh, the, yeah, I would. Um, I think this is the kind of game Ohio State's just kind of been waiting on. I mean, look at what they've had to – look at what 
<laughs> Look at what Ohio State's had to go through. Illinois, Minnesota, Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Indiana, Western Michigan. That's been their that's been their games this year. They've been dying for a game like this that actually means something that you can feel a little something in your belly at practice. You can have a little bit of nerves like we might lose, we could lose. Just that little something to get that pep in your step in practice, uh come out of the tunnel on game in and have that feeling. And I think this game brings them that. And we're going to see the best of Ohio State here. And for all those people that have been saying all this stuff about Ohio State all this year, about how they haven't looked that impressive, they haven't been that great of a team, I think it's been a whole lot of, we're not playing anyone. We're playing someone on Saturday. I think we're going to get the best of Ohio State. And uh, I think Michigan State's going to be shown exactly what they are, which is a good, not a great team this year. So I'd go with Ohio State. Surprising, isn't it? Okay, well, you sold me on that. That just you there. I mean, okay. <laughs> there you go. You buying that? You buying that one? I yeah, am buying that one. Should I send my twenty nine ninety five now? There you go. I might enter Ohio State's locker room and give them that. Uh, do on, I have to on, wait, on, or do I pay after the pick wins? No, call a nine hundred number. Let's go throw back on okay. that. Okay. Next one. <laughs> Uh, this is a, this is a scary game for me as a trap game. I, if I if I'm Michigan, they're giving three at Penn State, and you know all the talk is Michigan wins their next two games. You know, assuming Ohio State wins, Michigan is in the Big Ten title game, and I'm worried they might forget this game because you know their last two games on the road mm-hmm. they've struggled. I mean, last week they're at Indiana, they go double overtime, they need a touchdown pass with five seconds left mm-hmm. in regulation or on the last play of regulation to tie the game and send it to overtime. The week before they need or two weeks before they need a goal line stand at Minnesota on the game's final play when Minnesota didn't mm-hmm. kick the field goal and send it to overtime. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. they go to Penn State. Mm, Penn State this is one of the games where it could be a defensive struggle. What do you think? I have a pick on this, so you will get exactly what I think about this game uh in in just a few moments. Well there you go. Uh and then finally let's I don't have a pick on it, so I might as well we'll throw it out here. Uh, my boys travel up to Oregon to play the Ducks. Oregon's been installed as a four-point favorite. I sent you this coincidentally uh, before the show. If UCLA defeats Utah, and in that game, by the way, Booker, Utah's star tailback, is out for the rest of the regular season. Utah's mm-hmm. a one-and-a-half-point favorite. If UCLA beats Utah... This USC-Oregon game, which happens at the same time, so it's not going to affect the way they play, will be rendered meaningless because the winner of UCLA-USC would then be the South champ. That said, who do you like in this USC-Oregon game? Um, I don't have a a strong lean, a slight one, and I'd probably lean to Oregon, man. Sorry to say that, my my Trojan friend. Um, That's okay. Yeah, look, back-to-back roadies here for USC. Um, This is a lot being thrown at an interim coach. Um, third game in four on the road. Uh, that's one of the things where being interim and not be, having been the guy new or new guy at the position. That's usually where stuff like this shows up. Is it's on the road, um, and you got you got a nice little tough stretch here, and then you're ahead of the UCLA game. I think Oregon really gained a certain measure of reestablishment last week by going out and beating Stanford. They showed me something there. This is their fourth win in a row, uh, and I think it's 
Um, like I, I don't remember who I mentioned. Just if you know, I think Arkansas is who I said. Um, yep, you mm-hmm. stumbled. You're not going to be who you're going to be. You've had a couple games to come to that realization and figure it out. It happened early in the year, and I think Oregon has figured out. Okay, this is who we are. Let's accept it, and now let's go play football from here. And I think that's where Oregon is. Um, home game off of the Stanford win. I think I think they do what they need to do in this game and. Beat your Trojans. Both man. Sorry teams about come that, in on four-game winning streaks. It's going to be a good ball game, I think. I, I'm not going to make a pick because it's, it's going to be a homer pick anyway. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's where I'm leaning. I'm leaning on them on them Ducks. Okay. Well, let's get to. We want to get to our picks. Sure. Why not? You're up first, my okay. friend. And I know you we like come doing in, the. Uh, we come in with identical, picks. by the way, folks. Twenty and thirteen records in college football. So we've done well in college this year, and uh, we've generally giving you winners in a lot of them. So here we go. I'm going to start off at the very top of the board. Um, I'm going to take Louisville plus two points at Pitt. Um, You know, Pitt's lost two of their last four games. They were, for me, kind of a facade. Uh, I I think they played a lot better this year than than their talent suggests, which is a credit to their coaching staff and the new coach there. but this Louisville team, early in the season, they were disappointing all of us because we all thought they were a heck of a lot better than they showed. And now they've won four games in a row, and they come into this game on a roll. I think, you know, they've, as you said earlier in your previous comments, I think in this game they've accepted what their season is, and there's some football to be played, and they seem to be playing it and playing it well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab the two points with them. Louis, Louisville, they're almost like a forgotten yes. team. In, uh, in, in now, we're moving right along. I, you, I know you have a pick on this game. Maybe we'll be on the opposite mm-hmm. end of the spectrum. Uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I'm going to take them giving the 10 Northwestern. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of those types of teams that Northwestern really seems to struggle with, if you look this year. Like Michigan handled them very easily. Um, I think mm-hmm. it was 38 nothing. And what gets lost with Wisconsin this year, the one thing Wisconsin does is they play very good defense. If you look at Northwestern's two losses this year, came back-to-back, Michigan thirty-eight nothing, Iowa forty to ten. Both those teams play pretty good defense, and Wisconsin might play the best defense in the Big Ten this side of Ohio State. They only allow two hundred and seventy-two yards a game. They only allow twelve points a game. I think it's going to make it very tough treading for Northwestern to put points on the board. And I think eventually what happens is Wisconsin just grinds one out here. Uh, you know, wins a twenty-three-seven, twenty-three-ten type game, and I'm going to lay the ten points and take Wisconsin. Wisconsin it is. And what are we laying on that one? A 10. Good old 10. All right, what do you got for that last one? And then finally, I'm going to venture out into the Pac-12 conference. It wouldn't be right if I didn't at least handicap a Pac-12 game. Um, and I'm in the, in the big game, the big game. I'm going to take a very pissed-off and well-coached Stanford team laying 11 to Cal uh, in a spot that, uh, you know, I just I, I think Cal's going to run into a buzzsaw here. Uh, mm-hmm. Cal became bowl eligible. They're 6-4. They're, they're having a pretty good season. The one thing that Cal does is they give up points. You know, defensively mm-hmm. they're giving up 28 a game. Not too bad, but they give up over 450 yards a game. A couple hundred yards rushing. And I know Stanford's season, you know, all their hopes and dreams and all that good stuff were ruined last week by Oregon, but they can still be Pac-12. Does that concern you at all? 
You're not concerned uh, by with, that? with most teams, it would, but I think Shaw is really a good coach. I really respect the way he runs that program, and I think you know he'll remind them. You know, this is a, one of the best conferences in the country. You can still win it. You can still be conference champs. You can still go to the Rose Bowl, and this mm. is your rival. And I think they're going to come home and they're going to take care of business. I just see this as a game where, where you know, Goff throws a couple picks, the game gets crazy, Stanford scores 45 points. You know, 45-24 sounds fine to me. Um, I'll take Stanford minus the 11. All right. Mm, laying some laying some chalky there on those last two. A little Very bit. So we got Louisville plus two, we got Wisconsin minus 10, and we got Stanford minus 11. All right. Well, hey, look, interesting, uh, interesting picks there. That will have me on the edge of my seat. Wish I could watch them, but, you know, I'm going to be traveling as I normally am uh, each each and every week. So I'll be on the travel. Uh, I'm going to go and start this thing off in the uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, And I'm going to I'm going to stay in the Big Ten. All three picks coming from the Big Ten. Uh, Just an FYI to you there. Minnesota is taking on Illinois. Uh, I've picked some Illinois games this year. Um, I have indeed done that. They have not been. Uh, all that impressive a team on the road this year, although they did get that win versus Purdue, uh, the juggernaut Purdue, uh, their last time out. But they're taking on yeah. a Minnesota team whose beloved coach um, has announced that he's going to retire um, because of health concerns. And I think with these last two home games, we're going to get a pretty big fight out of Minnesota, who's currently on a four-game losing streak. But look at what they've had to deal with. Uh, Minnesota just played at Iowa um, before that, they played at Ohio State, and then they played Michigan, um, and before that, it was a loss in Nebraska. So, you know, they've faced the best of the best in this conference the last three weeks, and I think coming back home now, it's a chance for them to get back on their feet, send this coach out the way that he needs to go out in these final two games. They do have Wisconsin next week, and they're not going to let a team like Illinois stand in the way of that. Illinois has lost four of their last five football games, um, and they've scored uh, below a touchdown in two of those three games. So I am going to back Minnesota in this one as a small favorite. I think we're getting a little favor with the line because of how they have uh, how they have performed recently. But, again, I laid that out to you. They, fa- they faced Yeah, I like, I like that pick. I, I, I hear yeah, you so there. I'm riding with Minnesota on that one. All right, here's a game that you and I – uh, we, we're both picking this game. I'm on the other side of you on this one. Uh, Northwestern is a team that has spent the entirety of this season being overlooked and disrespected, and there's been a couple times this season where people have been able to say to them, see, I told you about this team. Uh, that happened to be against two of the biggest and best in this conference. Iowa, the undefeated team, really pu- holding uh, holding the torch for that side of their division in this conference, and then uh, a game at Michigan, who really started to feel themselves at that time. Since then, Northwestern's been able to battle back, get three wins. Here's what Northwestern does. Yeah, they also play defense, and they can play games close to the vest. You know what Wisconsin does? They play games close to the vest. I don't know that Wisconsin can do enough scoring against a team with a mediocre defense to cover 10. Uh, I don't like them against a team who happens to play pretty good defense. Uh, And Northwestern's pretty good at stopping the run, so I think we're going to have a really back-and-forth football game here. If Northwestern can't do that, then their season's kind of a – 
almost a little bit of a sham. I wouldn't like them in a bowl game if they go out here and get themselves completely trounced by Wisconsin. So you and I are on the opposite end of this one. I'm going to take those double-digit points with a team that can play defense and run the ball. I'll go with Northwestern on that Very one. interesting. Uh, yeah, and then another game we touched on, Michigan. I think Michigan's full speed ahead. They've got a good coach there. A uh, good coach can – um, kind of overcome some of the mental stuff that might come your way. The experience of a Jim Harbaugh and his staff, I think, can um, get this team focused on what lies in front of them and not what lies ahead, which is that big showdown next week against Ohio State. Uh, I think this is what you pay big bucks to a guy like Jim Harbaugh for. So I like him uh, to have the team ready to take on Penn State. Penn State is uh, just has not been impressive this season. You and I can can both attest to that. You know, they're oh, yeah. they're up your way. They're all over the place, and I think um, if you get both of these teams at their best, then it's really no contest that Michigan's the better team. And I'm going to rely on the fact that um, a guy like Harbaugh will have his team focused on this game. Penn State will be focused, and I think um, you know Michigan's going to be the one to come out. I think Penn State needed a little bit of confidence coming into this game, and they didn't get it by losing to Northwestern in that last game. So I'm going to I'm going to roll with Michigan in this one, who's had back-to-back games of putting up four given three points. Yeah, only three. Uh, Jake mm-hmm. Rudock, quarterback from down this way, South Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas High School, is rolling right now. So uh, I think they keep the momentum going, and they beat Penn State. And uh, cover those four points, is it? Uh, three. Three. Well, even better. So I'll take the three points and lay them with uh, Michigan. So uh, my picks are Minnesota, five-point favorite against uh, Illinois. I'm going to take Northwestern as double-digit dogs against Wisconsin and roll with the uh, Michigan Wolverines against Penn State. Now, am I uh, understanding here that you have uh, the high school show at 11? No, no, no. The high school show is going to be at uh, 11.15, so we're good to go. I do have a Miami guy coming on at 11, but, you know, we'll slide that back a little five minutes. We're going to get this done with the NFL. Yeah. All right, so I see where you're going. Let me take a quick, quick break. We're going to come back talking NFL football on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. 
10.55 here on the Gridiron Stud Show, Football Friday edition. It is NFL time, and uh, as we do every week, we do give out NFL picks on this show. You may not have wanted them, may not have had much use for them, may not have found a ton of value in them over the last few weeks. There is uh, parity and equality and all those other kind words of evenness in the NFL right now, and it's wreaking havoc on both you and I. Wouldn't you agree? It's Amos? crazy. I went back. You know, I was wanting to see if we were as bad as we've been so far this year in the NFL because I keep our records mm-hmm. for the history of the show. I have them mm-hmm. here. Uh, you know, so I went back. It's our fourth season on the air. Pro football three years ago, you were 31 and 29. I was 37 and 22. Mm-hmm. The following year, I was horrible in the pros. I was 22 and 35, but you were 28 and 26. Mm-hmm. And then last year, in the pros, I was 37 and 21, and you were 30 and 27. So, I mean, it's not like... Yeah. And I'm pretty date, consistent you know, on we, this hanging around the midline there. I'm consistent or better. If you look, oh, <laughs> both of us are over 500 for the life of the show. But this this year, that's what we're dealing with. You come in mm-hmm. this week 11 and 16, couple pushes, I come in nine and nineteen with a couple pushes, so we got some work to do the second half of the season. No, no doubt about it. All right, so let me just jump into what I think on uh, this ticket this week in a pick that I think will uh, make the locals happy. I think, I guess, uh, I'm going to roll with the Dolphins against you, Cowboys. And I, I know Tony Romo is expected to be back in this game. I think that's you know done something to this line here. Got to be a little bit rusty, and the mindset of the Dallas Cowboys has got to be completely downtrodden. Um, I, I don't. I don't imagine that their heads are right. Yeah, will they be uh, get a little bit of a boost uh, because Tony Romo's back on the center? Absolutely. But um, this team has to be beaten down mentally, uh, Emil. I mean, just seven in a row, is it? How many losses seven. in a row? Are we talked and about and six of them were seven. all. That's... Matter of fact, six were decided in the second half of the fourth quarter. So not only did they lose seven, but six of them were just mentally draining. They lost them at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is another. This is a back-to-back road trips here down into uh, Florida. Um, Dallas is going to probably work their way back into consciousness here, but um, I think they're taking another loss in this one. Miami, Miami needs to get something going here. They got a little boost coming from behind against Philadelphia. I think playing this home game after having three on the road. Uh, it's going to energize this team. They really need that. And in a battle of two teams that really need a win, I think I'm going to go with the home team here. Laying, uh, I think they're pick them, right? We're, we're pick them in this No, they're contest. plus one. Plus one right now. Who is? Miami? The Dolphins. Yep. Even better. Even better. I, I mean, a team that's lost seven games in a row shouldn't be a favorite. Home, away, wherever, anywhere. And, again, I know the Romo effect. If Romo means that that much, that they're going to win a road game, on his comeback, then you know what? Start paying that guy like he's the—he should be the highest-paid guy in the league. I mean, hell, the, yep. the Patriots won 11 games without Tom Brady one year. How about that? Yep. Just thought I'd throw that out there for the for the math. No, you're okay. right. Uh, Let's next, next game, um, big time, big time showdown. And who would have thought this would be that going into the season? But in the uh, NFC Norris Division, as Chris Berman would call it, we've got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Green Bay Packers. The easy thing to do here is say the Packers are uh, going to come into this one um, angry. They're sitting in here off of uh, these, these, you know, three losses in a row. These are the Packers. They've got Aaron Rodgers. Discount, double check. They have to get back on track here in this game. No, they don't. They don't have to do that, and I don't think they will. Minnesota is a team that's rolling along right now. The Vikings showed me a lot going on the road and beating a tough Oakland team in Oakland last week. 
Uh, a lot was shown there, and I think they've gotten a really good feel out of it. They pounded out 263 yards rushing. That's outstanding. I think Minnesota's on a roll. They're playing at home, outdoors, and you and I agreed that being outdoors thing for Minnesota is, uh, is going to be a great thing for them getting into the late part of the season. Minnesota's a better team than Green Bay right now, and I'm going to lean on the home team, the better team. Um, and they only have to lay a, a point, I think, in this one. So, yep. um, I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride with those bikes, my friend. And uh, I like the final that pick. one, which, yeah, I, I do. I think the better team here, and I, you know, I, I think the line's built off of reputation. So, uh, here's another crazy one: Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Cincinnati uh, fell on their face. Uh, in front of a national television audience on Monday night. And you know what happens with the line when that happens in those national television games. Um, sometimes you get some value, and I think we're getting it here. This is still an 8-1 and football team uh, who fell asleep at the wheel against Houston at home. And um, I think they're uh, getting penalized a little bit too much for that. Had Cincinnati won that game against Houston, I think we're looking at probably two and a half, three for Arizona here. As it stands, it's five. Arizona coming off of a big win over the uh, the division juggernaut, 39-32 win over Seattle. Um, I think they're going to be a little too giddy off of that. They did give up 32 points in that game. So, you know, there's some things that probably didn't go right for them that got glossed over because it was a win. And then they've got another division game next week against San Francisco. I think Arizona laying too much cheese in this one. Cincinnati um, knows they need to stay motivated. And they're not a college football team. You know you'll lose in this league. I think they come back with their head right. And I like Cincinnati to actually win this game straight up against Arizona. How about that? So getting five points. How about is, uh, that? Yeah, I so we got the, the Miami Dolphins plus one. We've got Minnesota Vikings minus one, and the Cincinnati Bengals plus five against the Cardinals. Taking the bungles. All right, that's that's how I'm laying them down. You that's ready? How I'm getting my way well, back to five hundred. Okay, well I like that. I like where you're going. For I'm going to start off agreeing with you. I'm I'm starting right off. I'm going to ride the Dolphins this week as well. You know, as a, even as a Cowboy fan, I I sit here and I say, you know, here's a two and seven team. They lost their quarterback. We talked about six of those seven losses. If you go back and go through the games, they were all lost in the fourth quarter, five of them in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. That's mentally draining. Jerry's got another circus going this year because he got all ahead of himself talking about Super Bowls and didn't manage to really think about the guys he was bringing in. Last year's team, he had a bunch of high-character guys. So what's the first thing Jerry does when he starts thinking about a Super Bowl? He brings in some low-character guys, a la Greg Hardy. Mm -hmm. That drains a team, creates a circus atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Tony Romo's got to knock the rust off as good as he is. I think the line's way over-adjusted for him because guess what? If the Cowboys roster wasn't flawed, somewhere in those seven games, they would have won three of them, and they'd be 5-4 and four right now. This is more okay. than just Tony Romo. They've got issues. I really thought you were going to be on the Tony Romo train. I really did. You surprised me here. No. It's not often that you did. No, 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 no. I want to win, buddy. <laughs> I don't care about <laughs> Cowboys. Aren't yeah, you need them. Yeah, both of us need them. So, yeah. One thing you'll, one thing you should know about me in my 15 years. While I'm a Cowboy homer, I'm much more apt to be a USC homer because it's college. In pros, yes, I'm a Cowboy homer, but I'll pick against the Cowboys when I see fit to pick against the Cowboys. And oh, I yeah, appreciate you, appreciate you appreciate you doing that. I, I I get nervous though when you pick USC and Cowboy games for some reason. I I don't know why. Yeah, well, anyway, next one. Here's a, here's <laughs> another line. Honestly, it makes no sense to me. Um, 
for some reason, Vegas still wants to love Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, mm. They were home last week against the Dolphins in the cold up here in the Northeast, which isn't very cold right now, by the way. And they lost 20-19 mm. to 19 as a six-point favorite. So what do they do? They turn around this week and once again install the Eagles as a six-point favorite with Mark Sanchez at quarterback against a young and improving Buccaneers team who's four and five. Um, I'll take all six of those points. I, I think this is a game that the Buccaneers could start feeling themselves, and if they can win on the road in Philadelphia, this team might surprise some people as the season winds down. I'll take Tampa plus six against the Eagles. Yeah, man, I like the Bucks, but no, they make me nervous. I think I picked them earlier this year, and they took a dump on me, and I just subconsciously that was against can't the let Giants it go. At home. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just have a. Yeah. I, I like. I like Winston every week. I see the guy. I think he does stuff that more and more shows me he's going to be the real deal in this league for for a while. I really believe that. All right. um, so we're taking the Bucks. This one is one I usually refrain. I usually don't do this. I don't typically like to lay points in division games, but this is two teams going in completely opposite directions out in San Diego on Sunday. I'm going to take the Chiefs and lay the three against the Chargers. I mean, I see a Chiefs team that they figured out Jamal Charles is out. Um, they, they got that out of their heads. You know, he's not coming back, but quietly they've strung together wins against the Steelers, killed the Lions, which is not necessarily any great achievement, and then went and just destroyed Denver and Denver last week. Yes, I know it's back-to-back road games, but when I look at the mm-hmm. Chargers, I think their season's over. They've lost five in a row. They lost at home two weeks ago. I know they had a bye, but they played the, the Bears. Five-game losing streak and a bye. To me, all that does is let you sit around and feel sorry for yourself and realize that you're 2-7 and seven and you'll be playing golf in January. So I'll take the Chiefs minus three against the Chargers. Yeah, I desperately wanted to take the Chargers when I first glanced at this. Um, And when I went and started looking at it, I started to feel like you did. But, you know, listen, something in the back of my head just won't let me lay points with a team like uh, KC that's on a losing record. But they have been hot lately. Uh, They may be playing like a team. They're playing to get to 500. And I just, I look at that San Diego team that's used to being in the thick of it come this time of year, and I think it's going to be hard for them to be motivated. They've got veterans in places there that are going to remember, you know, usually we're playing to get to the playoffs this time of year. Right now they're playing out the string, so. Yep, yep, so uh, there you go. Recap it for the folks at home. we got the Miami Dolphins plus one against my Dallas Cowboys. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus six against the Philadelphia Eagles, and then we're going to lay the three with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Chargers. All right, Uh, I'm not overly blown by these lines with like a minute that we've got here, a minute or two, anything. It's that, a bad any, schedule any this week if you want to talk about that. It's just it, – it, it, this is other than the games you hit. You hit a nice game there with the uh, the Packer game. But the, this is – you know, we'll go down the board. We won't even talk about the games. Let me just read them to the fans, the ones we missed. Carolina is <laughs> a seven-point home favorite against the, the Redskins. That doesn't even inspire me to want to watch that game. Um, mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. you got the Raiders going on the road, laying one to the Lions, yawn. Uh, the Falcons and the Colts both coming off buys. Atlanta's home as a six-point chalk. Um, Colts' season is miserable. And by the way, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, are a half game out of first place with their four and six record in the AFC mm-hmm. South. So that's always interesting. Isn't that amazing? You've got you've got the perennial underachieving Rams as a two and a half point underdog at the Ravens, who've surprised a lot of people with just how bad they've been this year. Uh, there is no line on the Texans-Jets game, and I'm not sure they should even hang one on that game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why don't we just leave that one blank? 
Yep. Just to, then you, know, you got the Broncos. But you know what? I've been Rock. feeling like this almost weekly, though, Emil. Something's going on in this NFL. You know what? If um, you go we, study the standings and it. you're a number – by the way, you're a numbers guy. Go take a look mm-hmm. this weekend when you're traveling in the car. Pull it up on ESPN or CBS and read the mm-hmm. standings in the NFL. There's about 12 or 13 teams with winning records. And the rest of the league is is under 500. It's been very top-heavy this year. So what's happening is, while they like to talk parity in the NFL, it's created some really bad matchups on a week-by-week basis. I mean, you've got the Bears, who are on a little bit of a roll themselves. They're playing the injured Broncos, no Peyton Manning. I'm not sure if that doesn't improve Denver at this point, the way Manning's been playing. Uh, Then you go Seattle Seahawks, a 13-point favorite at home against the 49ers. It used to be a good rivalry. Um, neither team is very good. I mean, we, you know, we're going to make fun of the 49ers, but let's be honest, the Seahawks are, what, 4-5 and five at this point? Uh, yes, they are. And and double-digit favorites this week. So, uh, you know, it is yeah, I mean, what it so is. We'll just, see how this not, all goes. There's two games this week. If I'm just a fan looking to watch games and, and saying I don't really care, you know, about my team per se, the only thing I'm interested in watching this week in the NFL is the 4:30 game Green Bay and Minnesota, and then at 8 o'clock I'll watch Cincinnati Arizona. Thanks. Yeah, you know what? I just made my weekend football schedule for Sunday. <laughs> yeah, write that down, and you fans out there, you write that down. All right, partner, I gotta let you go. It's time to talk okay. Miami Hurricanes football. We'll certainly you know, touch on this whole what the hell? Can we we'll, stop the? We'll option see you Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody. All right, man. Amos out of here. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, Andrew Ferrelli is on to talk Miami Hurricanes football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween. Taliban. Taliban. Yeah. Jump in, jump in, jump in. Them boys up to something. They just spent like two or three weeks out the country. 11-10 on the East Coast here. Gridiron Stud Show Football Friday Edition. So we hit it all. High school football, college football, NFL. Just hit... A little bit of uh, NFL and college football there with my co-host, Emil Calamino. Uh, I'm going to have some Canes talk coming up right here. First, let me jump out to the phone lines, see if we've got a, a question or comment here. Caller, you're on. Did you have a question or comment? What's going on with those yes. hurricanes, though? Uh, having a little bit of a problem. You sound like you called the globe. What's going on with those hurricanes? Uh, I think we just covered that. Uh, yeah, I guess you did, huh? That is about all that's going on with them. Hey. Yeah, wise guy. Hey. Hey, my so resident listen. wise guy is calling in. Go ahead, lay it on. Hey, hey, listen, no, 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 nah, man, we 
we don't nobody has time to talk about the Kings, man. It ain't the nineties no more. It's to, the two thousands. Like I didn't even know they actually yeah. still look, had a school. Look, he goes look, he goes underhanded with it. I, I he comes in the back door with that one. Okay, what <laughs> what you got for me? Hey, um, what's up with Cam Newton, man? Hey, I think he might like he might break the mold, and we might have a top tier elite black quarterback hands down. Like none of this, like oh he can pass or he can oh he can run and throw, and, and feel free for your host to like chime in here because I know he always has a lot. No, of my things, host, but... my, my host is gone, so it's just me and you one on one in this thing. All I can say for Cam is this: he better keep winning because the moment he does lose, oh man, they're gonna go in on him because he's out there dabbing <laughs> um, and all that. Got Chris Carter calling it the wrong thing, doing it wrong. Hey, Chris Carter's son got to be like, oh dad. Come on. Yeah. And took his dad's yeah, name like, and phone number out of his phone. Like, what was Pops doing on TV, calling it bapping? What the – what the yeah. – all right, yeah, nevertheless. <laughs> nevertheless, man, Cam's hey. doing it. I, I can't take nothing away from Cam. He's got no receivers, no one – you can't name anyone that he's throwing the ball to outside of Kevin Olsen, and he's getting it done. You got to like that. You can't name one person. That's what I'm saying, and that – like – my whole thing is like I, I, I'm like, damn, are they trying to sabotage the kid's career? Because he's been in the league for three seasons now, and they still haven't got no one for him. Yeah, you know what? Kill, yeah, maybe. And they're doing the same thing to uh, Russell Wilson over there in Seattle. Like, you know, he's yeah, his I best agree. pass catcher right now is Sierra, and she's not scoring any touchdowns for them. So, <laughs> look, you know what's you know? Listen, here's what's bugging me, man. You know these these quarterbacks. Uh, the strongholds, all right, and I ain't trying to start anything here, but maybe I am. Uh, Peyton Manning throws four interceptions. Peyton Manning's hurt. Now I see something today, oh, Aaron Rodgers is hurt, but he don't want to tell nobody because he sucked balls for the last two games. Cut that crap, man. I guarantee you if Cam Newton goes out um, with an iron rod in his leg and happens to throw two picks on on Sunday, uh, he, he see, I told you, he wasn't that good of a quarterback. He was just riding a wave. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and, like, now they were fishing for the Jordy Nelson. Uh, oh, yeah, see, like, like some people are saying, like, oh, see, man, what? It was the receivers. Because, like, the way they made him looking like, oh, man, he's untouchable. Even Stephen A. sounds so much like a clown and a, a bleep writer for uh, mm. Aaron Rodgers that he couldn't even, like, he couldn't even explain it. It's like, wait, three games straight? Oh, and you don't yeah. have none of those top-tier receivers. Like, oh, yeah, man, of course. Like, man, these dudes, the, him, Brady, Peyton Manning, a few others, are, they always get laced with all the killer receivers, man. They go out, get them every tool they need. And then well, they I don't know them. about Tom, though. I don't I don't know what Tom's. I mean, outside of that year with, with Randy Moss, I feel like he's made the guys that uh, that came over there. Like, uh, you know, come on, Julian yeah, Edelman. I, right, yeah, I'll be on the fence with Tom because, like, yeah, but he threw fifty touchdowns with Randy Moss that year. Randy Moss is a big he did. Like, he did. I mean, damn. I mean, how many you think you and I are gonna lob with our arms if Randy Moss is out there? I'm gonna chuck at least twenty five, twenty seven. Oh, if I got Randy no, Moss. Yeah. yeah so I, I mean, like, I get oh, it. No, I get it. Yeah. I do have but to no, go just, talk some. Uh, I, you, listen, you've been missing from my show for a while, and I, look, that's something we need to take up because you do come with the. Hard, heavy stuff. So don't tell me you're busy. You need to call more. I do have to talk some Canes talk, though. I do have a guy I need to bring on and talk Canes. Hey, man, please. I, can I just can you mute me so that I can listen to what you say about the <laughs> yeah. Canes? Because I'm very interested in hearing about this. All right. Well, like, well, really, well really consider yourself muted, man. Let me bring on my next <laughs> guest. Hang tight right there. 
All right, it is Kane's football time, um, and we do we do need to talk about it. I don't know that I've ever, if there's ever been, even prior to the championship year, that we have had a season in which we've given up 50-plus points twice in the same season. I think someone should do some research on that, and if you know, call into the show or send me something on Twitter. But that's where we are right now, and I'm going to talk about it with my next guest here is Andrew Ferrelli. Um, he is a... a a blogger. Can I call you a blogger? Kane's blogger? Yeah, can you I do can, that to you? Yeah, you can call me a Kane's blogger. That works. Man, blogger is almost like a cuss word now. It's like uh, you get called a blogger, people like form this idea of you that might not necessarily be correct. But nevertheless, you, you're going to stand in here and um, take that take that uh, label as a blogger. A good one, actually. So I'm glad and happy to have you on. Come on, Andrew, What's the what's the mood like? I mean, after the last time we gave up 50-something points this season, they fired a coach. No one's going to get fired here. So how do you get up off the mat off of uh, 59-21 in North Carolina and they're doing the whole you suck and just disrespecting to you? What do we do? How are we getting back from that? I mean, I think that's the tough part is, like you said, after the Clemson loss when they gave up 59, you know, you had something to fall back on with them firing goals and something to kind of bring the spirits back. But now there's just – there's not much for fans to look forward to. I mean, the the coastal hopes are gone. So you know, you know, no matter what happens these last two games, you're going to a, a mediocre bowl game again. And at this point, it's just kind of people waiting around to see what happens with the coaching search. I mean, you you know, you got to cheer on the seniors their last two games, but there's just not much excitement or anything going on right now around the program, other than just waiting to see who the next head coach is. Um, yeah. So what does that what's that going to do to attendance? Uh, for this Georgia Tech game, who does come in here at three and seven, as you know, no one's been paying attention. They'd probably be shocked. They'd probably be shocked by what I just said. Georgia Tech is a three and seven football team, folks, coming in here to play Miami. What do you think attendance is going to look like? Uh, not very good. I mean, like you said, they're three and seven. It's a noon game or a twelve thirty game, actually, I think. And mm-hmm. there's not going to be many people at all. And I think you mentioned it earlier. It's going to be sad for the you know the seniors coming out for their, their last home game. And there's going to be 15,000 people in the seats maybe. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. not going to be many people that want to show up to watch you know, mediocre, two mediocre teams at a 12:30 in South Florida. And, and yeah, that's, and I, that's that, I think that sucks. I think that's not what uh, guys like Tracy Howard and Dion Bush deserve to go out to. But nevertheless, it, you know, it is it is what it is. And um, you know, guys like that. Here's a good thing: guys like that, I know, are going to go out hard. Uh, they're not going to mm-hmm. go out and go out the punk way. I know they're going to go out there and play hard. And I think any of the fans in attendance there should cherish the fact that you're getting that out of these guys. So. Um, that's going to be the, the tough part about it. So, listen, without us, let's just finish up on what's going to happen here on the gridiron. I watched, and I brought this up earlier, I watched us not be able to defend the option against Florida State, not be able to defend the option against Clemson, not be able to defend an option play against North Carolina. Uh, Georgia Tech, they kind of run the option, don't they? Uh, yeah, just, just a bit. They're kind of famous for that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what are we going to do? What are we going to do here? <laughs> That's why, despite the fact that Georgia Tech is 3-7, and seven, I do not have much faith coming into this game. Uh, I mean, we look at our rushing defense, and it's I mean, it's deplorable. If you just go by conference games, you know, cut out some of the 
the early schedules against Bethune Cookland teams like that, we're giving up nearly six yards a carry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, FA, yeah. FA rushed for 223 yards and 6.7 yards a carry against us. So, and like you said, against Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, any teams that have tried the option have done it at will. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some plays where guys have gone untouched for long touchdowns every time. And then you can we put that with can we back. can we put a positive swing on it on this? Um, we weren't expecting option from Florida State. Uh, it's not the whole crust of what Clemson and North Carolina does, so we're caught by surprise and they popped the big play off on us. We know going into Georgia Tech that's what we're going to see, so do we have a chance of better defending it knowing uh, to expect it? Yeah, you can definitely look at it that way. I mean, this whole week will be based on game planning for that, and it's something they have had success with one and four out of the last five or five out of the last six against Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, you look at some of the blown plays against the option against Florida State, against North Carolina and Clemson, a lot of it's been just bad discipline by the players. And that's been a problem with the team the whole time. You've been, you know, the penalties leading, you know, being towards the top of the, the conference and uh, nationally and penalties called against them. So, and that mm-hmm. all goes back to discipline, which is, you know, one of the main things you need to be able to stop the option is being disciplined and staying with the pitch man, you know, whoever you have. So you have right. to be able to game exactly. against it. But, I mean, if they're just going to keep staying undisciplined, they're not going to be able to stop it. Yeah, um, and and that, you know, that makes me very fearful for what might be coming down the pike. Uh, it's just been a, a tough kind of year, and I hope these guys go in there and battle hard and battle all the way. You know, if Georgia Tech comes out and has success in those first two drives, uh, I hope they stay in it and don't, you know, don't lay down. We can't take two games in our stadium this year mm-hmm. where uh, we give up a, a, mon- a monster amount of points. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. All right, let's talk about the future because that's what, as you said, all the fans want to be concerned with right now. It's the only thing that gives them any type of pleasure. What's the latest that you've heard on the coaching search and uh, where are we going with that? Well, first of all, in my opinion, if Charlie Strong is, available or if he has any interest at all, which there seems to be from multiple reports, I think he's got to be your number one guy. I mean, you look at what he did at Louisville and his connections to South Florida and stuff, I think he's by far got to be your number one guy there. And mm-hmm. after that, I think there's a few guys you could put in the second tier. You know, Butch Davis and Cristobal, there's very strong opinions both ways. I think probably people are more pro Butch than Cristobal, but mm-hmm. um, there's. And why do you, you think know, that is? Strong. Why 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 do you um, think that is? Is that just a connection to the past? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just people wanting the program to move in different ways and how they are viewing the past. With especially with Butch, I mean, you look at there's two groups of people. There's the people that want him to come back and bring, you know. That 2000, you know, early 2000s, late 90s teams back, what mm-hmm. he put together. And then there's mm-hmm. people that are completely against it and saying, you know, he's been out of the game for five years. You know, he needs to. Do people not forget that forward. when Butch was here, they wanted him fired? I find that funny. Yeah. They, they wanted Butch they were fired when he was a court. Yeah. And so now you want him back? Or... And I mean, I think that's why there's such a disconnect between, you know, it's such a long gap that people have kind of made these assumptions in their head about what went on then and how it's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's 
really no one on the fence about him. It's just everyone's kind of either pro-Butch totally because of what he did then, or they have, you know, memories of them flying banners and that it's been so long since he's been here, they want to move on in a different direction. So people are very strongly opinionated about him and then Cristobal as well because... What's your opinion on... Uh, what? Yeah, what's your opinion on on your personal opinion on Butch and and Mario Cristobal? Personally, uh, I would take Butch. I think he would be able to put together a really, really strong staff, which is probably the mm-hmm. most important thing, uh, at least to me, is who we would be able to hire, hire as uh, coordinators. And I think he would be mm-hmm. able to put together a really strong staff. And, mm-hmm. I mean, people want to say he's his age is a problem, but he's the same age as uh, Saban, maybe a year older. Mm-hmm. And I think he would be a strong hire. Mm-hmm. And then Cristobal, if he wants to come in as an assistant head coach under Butch or something like that, I would take him in a heartbeat just because of his connections with recruits in South Florida. You know, multiple recruits that I've spoken to all are close with him because he recruits them for Alabama. You know, this is his yeah, but territory. He, he's, already done, he's already done the, the, you know, the whole assistant here thing, albeit for a short amount of time. Here's a guy that's been a head coach. He's now an assistant at Alabama and SEC school who, oh, by the way, pays their assistants very well. Does he want to be an assistant back here again at Miami under someone else? Uh, I think if they were to give him an interim head coach title under someone like Butch Davis, something like that. A which, coach in uh, waiting capacity. type thing, you mean? Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. then, or a coach in waiting, sorry, yeah then I think that would be something he would definitely be interested in. But I don't want him as a head coach here right away. He hasn't proven that he could win. I mean, his best season at FIU was, I believe, 8-4 and four with the loss in the Beefo Brady's Bowl. So mm. until he can show as a head coach or learn as a higher-up assistant, uh, someone mm. under like a Butch or someone like that, uh, I don't want him as the head coach here. How much how much of that is the sentiment going around when you when you move outside of the kids that are being recruited by him? Um, how how much of the, that is the sentiment? Uh, from many of the Miami fans I've spoken to and just polls I've seen and stuff, uh, it seems like the fan base for the most part is pretty against Cristobal as the head coach. Um, really? Like the, yeah, I, there was a poll. I think it was on uh, Kane's Insight. It was something like ninety six percent of people said no to him as the head coach, and it was. A decent amount of voters. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, other than the connections he has with recruits and uh, some of the high school coaches and stuff down here, it seems like the general population of the fan base uh, is pretty against him as the head coach, as a, a head coach candidate. Yeah. Um. And and look, I'm maybe a little bit surprised by that. Um. Uh, but you know, it it is what it is. What What do you feel about a search committee? Um, and and uh, do you agree with us having a search committee to go find a coach for the University of Miami? Uh, yes, because of the simple fact for plausible deniability and the way that a search committee uh, can contact current coaches at other schools without uh, overstepping bounds, whereas the university can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think... Uh, um, I understand that. I, I mean, I'm not big on the whole search committee thing, to be honest with you. I'm really, I'm really, really not big on the whole search committee thing. I think we got to get back to a time where athletic directors went out and uh, interviewed people and and made those coaching decisions. I think with search committees, 
uh, agendas start to take over. I could be wrong on that. You know, what's your feel on it? Uh, I could definitely see that, you know, uh, definitely who has friendships with the different coaches and things like that uh, being brought up with the members of the committee. But, and uh, there was a part of leaving the Miami Herald saying that they, the search committee made a list of 40 names, and that's just completely unnecessary to me. Like I said, <laughs> if you want to have a search committee to make it seem like, you know, you're doing your due diligence and you're you're going over the top to you know, do as much research as you can, that's one thing. But I don't, I'm with you on that. I'd rather have, you know, the AD meeting and speaking with uh, the head coach candidates face-to-face and really learning what they're about, especially at a school like Miami where the landscape yeah. is so different, you know. Search committees can't aren't going to take that into uh, account. They don't know the landscape of South Florida and the things that go down here. Miami's such a unique job. Search committees aren't going to be able to completely understand that. You're going to end up yeah, with, I- you know, it is. It is a unique job, and and that's that that is the reason why you might not want to use it for for a you know a place like this. But we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, we heard some noise about Les Miles, probably as loud as we've ever heard it. If Les Miles were to somehow lose his job at LSU, you think he'd be a candidate for the Miami job? I definitely think he'd be a you know a big name candidate. Uh, I don't know other schools like Texas if Charlie Strong were to leave and stuff or USC maybe able to throw a lot more money at him uh, because of, mm-hmm. you know, the big name and everything. But I definitely think Miami would have to consider him or at least uh, go after him as well. Uh, I would still take doesn't strong. strike oh. me Les Miles as a guy that's going to be living in Miami just for some reason. I don't get the vibe. No, no, which I think is why he would rather go to a, you know, a school like Texas or someone like that that's going to be able to pay him a whole bunch more money than we are, and he might be a better fit there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he's, you know, he's a really quality coach, and you ha- definitely have to consider him. And they've done a good job recruiting South Florida from LSU. They've had, you know, quite a few guys go over there. Oh, they've they've been a lot of places that have done a good job recruiting South yeah. Florida that uh, aren't in this state. So. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that can make that claim. All right, before I let you go, throw a name out there for this coaching search. Just come out of left field with a name for me that you've heard that's a little intriguing to you and that fans might want to know about. Hmm. Uh, probably Hugh Jackson, the offensive coordinator for the, the Bengals. Huh. Was, uh, okay. So he's been a name that's from basically from the beginning of the coaching search that just kind of popped up here and there. And, uh, I mean, he seems to be – you see what he's done with the Bengals' offense. He has them um, – you know, there was a, one of the last undefeated teams he picked for last week until last week. Uh, he's had mm-hmm. Andy Dalton in the Bengals' offense looking good. So that's mm-hmm. that's one interesting name that's come out of left field. I don't know if he'd be one of the top candidates, but I've, I have heard his name pop up here and there. Sometimes these things kind of go in that direction. You know, you get a hire with someone that no one was thinking about, you know, uh, a Pete Carroll going to USC. That, that stunned them out there. Kind of worked out for them. So, hey, it's an ongoing thing that we'll have to just uh, obviously keep our eye on as we go along. But thanks for coming on, Andrew, and talking Miami Hurricanes football. Hopefully we can pull out a win somehow against Georgia Tech tomorrow. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you for having me on. All right. Andrew Ferrelli uh, from uh, Canes Warning. Dot com uh, blogger there that uh, follows the Miami football very very closely. You want to check him out on Twitter? It's at Andrew Ferrelli. Again, appreciate him coming on and uh, talking Miami Hurricanes football with us. I'm you know, I'm wondering what we're gonna get for attendance there. Uh, 
that's that's going to be the the big the big deal. Um, so yeah, you can follow him, Andrew underscore Ferrelli. Let me make that correct, Andrew underscore Ferrelli, F E R R E L L I. Kane's warning. All right. Uh, it's time to talk high school football. We're in the playoffs around here, man. It's big time. It is big time. All that other regular season stuff is over. It's win or go home in the high school football playoffs here in the state of Florida. And as we do every week, uh, very happy to have this next guy on with us. It's Joshua Wilson from Florida, hsfootball.com. Hey, right off the bat, let's start. Let's talk about the surprises that we had last week. Start hitting me with them. What, what, what shocked you last week? Mr. Wilson. All right, well, listen, having a little trouble getting uh, Josh on here with me. But, uh, yeah, it is, again, it is high school football time, um, and it's it's the playoffs, and we're moving through we're moving through these things here. We did have some surprises last week. You always get upset in, in the uh, high school uh, football playoffs. You know, you think – you get lopsided games in high school football, and you would expect them to go one way, and they go the other way, so – um, it's it's always crazy when you have that. Did I get you back I, on here, Josh? I think I've stalled yeah, long enough. My, <laughs> yeah, it was my it was my headset. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, yeah, let's talk about some of the uh, some of the upsets, the surprises we had last week. Let's kick this discussion off with that. What what uh what blew you away last week? Let, let, uh, let, let's go let's go let's go into the panhandle first. I mean, um, sorry, softball, but let's go on the panhandle first. Navarre getting upset in two double overtime by Tate. That really blew my cool because I really thought Navarre was going to be one of these teams this year that could make that run. Hey, man, Pinko's had him in the final game, I believe, winning it. They, they haven't beaten Miami Central in the final game. That 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 yeah, I think so much that, for that. How, yeah, so yeah, for, so much so much for that. I mean, as, you, you talk about you talk about tipping the hand right there, you know, kind of you know talk, rocking the boat, but you know, hey, there's still that team named Armwood that's still lurking around out there. But you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I tell you what, it, it's just some of these games that you know just kind of just you, know, you look at it and you're like, how in the world did that happen? I mean, I, I don't know if you could consider like Southridge beating Belen Jesuit an upset, considering I think mm-hmm. Southridge might have been a better team both on paper and on the field. In a mm-hmm. lot of ways, I mean, I mean, I thought Blin, you know, okay, Blin Jesuit, yeah, it's a home game, you know, they have a they have a chance, but you know, I mean, can we really call it an upset? Yeah, it depends who you ask. I don't think you can ask many right. people down there and say call it an upset. So, I mean, uh, I thought Blin had out. a serious chance to win that game, and you know, obviously, it didn't it didn't go down that way. But uh, um, you know, kudos to Southridge uh, coming out and getting the job done against them. What were some other surprises that uh, we had go down last week? I mean, some of the other ones. I'm just trying to trying to recollect because it's been a, it's been a kind of a crazy week for me. Just looking at some of this, but uh, I mean, uh, just you know, man, I'm just trying to look because I'm I'm actually kind of scanning right now through the list for this week's games, and it's like you know, I mean, who who you know who who came through? I mean, just it, I, I think. Well, I think, look, look, while you're I, doing that, Doctor Phillips and Manatee. Let's talk about that. That's a big one. Yeah, let's. Yeah, that one, you, you know, that's, that that one's interesting because I was talking to somebody else about that game last night, and I said, you know, you know, you you, you want you want to guarantee at least one good game in Orlando, you know, where you're going to have attendance. Get all the mm-hmm. Orlando teams in 8A to win this week. That means Darkville has beaten Manatee, Osceola beaten Zero Beach, you know, and then and then mm-hmm. Lake Brantley beaten Mandarin, and you have you have the the, the, the battle between Apopka and West Orange, and 
Right, and right. I think I think that's a, I think in a way that's also a testament to Orlando area football as to just how good A Day is in that particular region. And you, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's almost like what's going on in South Florida. You don't know who's going to come out and emerge. And I think that just the same thing is happening. That's why it makes A Day such a wide open bracket. In a lot right, of ways, right. but Doctor I mean, Doctor Phillips and Manatee, that just you know, Doctor Phillips is looking for revenge. He's got to well, give it we to often them. Refer for... to, uh, we often refer to what Pinkos thinks here, and he's he's thinking Manatee by thirteen over Doctor Phillips. And you know, uh... and my you, you and I have a little, you and I have a little bit of history on this. I'm not a big Manatee fan, and I think you know why, based on what went down when I went there with university school years ago. But um, Pinkos has got him by just... thirteen. That's that's a little bit of a surprise. Thirteen, but you know, I mean, this is a home game for Dr. Phillips, so you know, it's that that's that that I want to give Dr. Phillips the home advantage, home field advantage. <laughs> I want to give oh, him the home field advantage. I'm going to pass on a softball you just threw me there. But what does Manatee win away from home? Do they do that? Does that actually happen? They do win away. Uh, they do win away from home. I mean, it's just I think it's just it's it's just this year. You know, this is a instead of this being like a regional final, it's a, it's a, it's a regional semifinal. And, you know, so it's one game earlier than what it was last year. But I mean, I mean, I mean, here's the, here's the thing though, for Dr. Phillips. And that's the only thing is that they can't, they can't, they can't play around like they did last year against Steinbrenner. Otherwise they will get hurt by Manatee. Cause I right, really thought, right. you know, I kept seeing the score and I'm like, wait, wait a second, Steinbrenner going to pull this upset off. Are they going to pull yeah. this thing off? Are they going to try to win this game? But you know, I mean, Doctor Phillips pulled away late. But again, they can't do that this week. They cannot do that this week. Manatee is just—I mean, they're—I mean, they're not a Steinbrenner. They're a better team than mm. what what Steinbrenner is. You know? I mean, yeah, no doubt about it. So they better. No, they definitely have to come to play. Oh, that's going to be one of the upsets we're talking about next week. We've got in eight A some serious wars that are going to go down here in the South, starting with Coral Gables and Columbus. That's that's going to oh, be a good one. There, 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 there's your, there, there's that's one of the, there's one of very of quite a few rematches is from the from the reg, from the regular season, and that one right there. I mean. I am so torn. Which who do I take? I mean, I mean, I like Gables, but then again, I like Columbus. And I, you know, if if Columbus is healthy, you know, like which I'm hoping they are at this particular mm-hmm. point. I mean, a, a one point favorite by Pinkos comes for Coral Gables over Columbus. But here's I mean, where I, I lean on this you. thing. I am I'm extremely impressed by the Columbus coaching staff, and I think uh, That's the they've difference. got a tremendous yeah they've got a tremendous advantage in a rematch. Um, being able to make the necessary adjustments, I think. Uh, look, by by and large, rematches are a bad deal for the team that won the first time. And you're, you know, talking to a guy who's entering into a rematch tonight with American Heritage, and uh, uh, you know, we're playing Hallandale. But uh, for this one, Columbus has a, a really good coaching staff, and I'm going to lean in their direction in a rematch, being able to come up with something to to fix whatever went wrong that first time. Yeah, I mean, it just just from just, just thinking about it, it's just, just like you know, I think you know, I think Columbus realizes, okay, this is what we have to do now. We can't do this because this is what kind of got us the bell the last time around. So you know, so that's a, that's the big thing for them, right? The second is that you know, what what do we do? Okay, well, so if this quarterback is out, what do we do with this quarterback? What do we do here? What do we do? We go a little bit more this way, or do we go that way with them? That that's. There's a lot of questions, but see, that's going to, that only answers that Columbus is going to be able to know. We're not going to be able to answer that for them because still, no, you know, and we'll, they're, they're I, we'll, we'll find out. 
Yeah, we're going to find oh, out no, in we'll that 7 o'clock hour tonight. The Battle of the South is exactly what this is. South Dade and South Ridge. Pinkos has South Dade by, by field goal. This is going to be a war, Josh. It's going to be a war. I, I, I mean, an, another another rematch. I mean, talk about... I mean, well, I guess I guess you could call it a triple rematch if you count the tiebreaker in, right. in the process right. of all this. But I mean, for South Dade and Southridge, I I like you know. I mean, it's you know, I mean, if Southridge just makes that one play that South Dade can't, well, then hey, we are talking about Southridge going and going to the regional final, and South Dade sitting, you know, sitting next week at home on Thanksgiving eating turkey and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the trenches for South Dade, man. So without having seen I, I, I a ton give, of South Ridge, I gotta give South Dade. I gotta yeah, give the South yeah, I would. Dade, I mean, I'd lean in. I lean on the big heavies when uh, when when it's a, a bit of a toss up. Um, here's a crazy, crazy name. I would have never have thought in my lifetime I would see in 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 the playoffs, but let alone in the second tier of the bracket. Sunset and Matter Academy, and Pinkos thinks Sunset's going to the third. Sunset High School in Miami going to the third round of the playoffs. I'm, am I Which drinking heavily done. or what? Which they have never done. Right. Um, all of this is new ground for, for Sunset High School. Um, if they can come out and find themselves in the third round, I think everyone at that school in that area um, in and around Kendall Drive ought to be pinching themselves like crazy. Yeah, I know, I and mean, I mean, I think, I think, I think the, game, the interesting game in that other side of that Region Four bracket is is that St. Thomas Quantas Dwyer game. I mean, I, I just I'm, you know, Dwyer have just, a shot. You know, you know what? Here's the thing: I was really surprised by that score last week against them and Ely. I was really shocked. I mean, I, I hmm. it's just it, in my mind, it's like okay, Aquinas goes on the road, does badly this year in a lot of those games that they've gone on the road where they struggled, and I want to hmm. give the edge to Dwyer. But after, but it's like I mean, I still want to take Dwyer, even though our buddy Pinkos has Aquinas a 21 point favorite. I'm just. I just don't There's know. There's talk that Jake Allen could come back for this game. That's what's out there. I mean, if that happens, then you know no advantage to Aquinas. But you I mean you still don't have you still have Bosa on the other side of the in the, in the trenches. That's that that mm. that is a that is something that you know Dwyer could play could, you know could, could factor in an advantage into that. I think it's just I I think if, in my mind if Dwyer didn't get a wake up call. For, with the, how close that score was against Ely last week, yeah, they'll lose. They'll lose this. Week. Yeah, they, and, they won't, and, and, they, and they'll lose. And they'll lose soundly if they didn't get the message from last week. In that upper part of this uh, bracket, uh, what's the game we need to, to care about the most? And, and for for seven A, I mean, I, I think I, I think watch out on the Columbia Lincoln game because it's interesting is that Columbia's never beaten Lincoln four uh, beaten Lincoln in four attempts in in, in a playoff game. For Columbia, Columbia's already beaten Lincoln once this year already. But here's another thing: is that Columbia is a better team on the road than they are at home. And since this game is on the road in Tallahassee, you know, I mean, I, I give the advantage to Columbia to win that game. So, I mean, I think that's the game to watch. But another one is that that other one on the other side of the Region One, the Bartram Trail Buholtz. Watched Buholtz last week. I mean, it, it, it comes down to like the final seconds, basically, for them to win that game. So it's like. You know, in my mind, it's like you know what, and you know, for a team like Bartram Shell, if people don't understand what Bartram Shell does, they get in, they they 
they may start off slow during the season, but when it gets to the latter, the latter part of the season into the playoffs, that's when they seem mm-hmm. to find their stride. They find their groove. They get into the hot streak, and you don't want to mess with a team like that when they finally hit that hit that streak. Because when they do, they can damage you. They can run all over you. You can be done. You, you'll be done. You'll be wondering what the heck happened. This the Mack truck just blew through. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen well, it happen. I, I, I happen to have a friend on that uh you know, team up there, that way, Lincoln coaching. So uh, he might be happy to hear you pick that as the game to watch. Let's slide down into into 6A. It's it's the usual suspects, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of Miami Central pushing through. But they're they've got no they've got no easy road to round three, taking on Carroll City. Oh, yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's I mean that region that region four bracket. I mean, I'll tell you what. I mean, I mean. I just don't mind. I mean, I, I like to give Carroll City props on the edge, but then again, it's it's another rematch, another, you know, where the where the winning team is, you know, may not have it as good this time around. You know, I mean, right? It's just it, it's it's one of those things that's like, I mean, no, no I mean, don't get me wrong. It's I it's not I don't like Miami Central. It's I don't think this is the best Miami Central team to have been, you know. To make a oh yeah, we know that. We, we knew that. We knew that coming just... in. Yeah, we knew that coming in. We got confirmation of it early, early in this season. Um, and, it, and, and it's but, showing and, during a lot of games. It's it's true. showing a lot of. I mean, they, they've they 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 either struggle offensively or they struggle defensively or they struggle in you know all phases of the game where you know they're just pulling out. They're just you know they're pulling barely pulling out wins and and, and you look at it and you're like. Really? Is that all they scored? Does that is that really it? Is that is that you, 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 it makes it makes your, it, there's some head scratchers in that. You, you have to ask yeah, yourself. Yeah, no, no how? doubt. But you know what? Still, they find themselves at this point. I got to ask you this though. Um, we're going to assume Mainland's going to beat Heritage, Miami Central, Carroll City. Either one of those teams move to the second round. Do you make Mainland the favorite against both of these teams? Well, well, here's the okay. Here's 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 the thing I'm thinking because this is what's going to happen. And my and the thing is that well, I mean, in either particular in either particular situation here is that both teams are going to have to travel up to Daytona Beach at this particular point next week. So you, you're, you're talking about a Thanksgiving road trip here. I mean, mm-hmm. I like to give I I like to make Mainland the favorite at this particular point for next weekend. You know, I mean, that's that's the big thing. Get Mainland Mainland versus I don't care who it is. I just think it's gonna be it, it's gonna be favorable to Mainland situation. I think because knowing that, yeah, that you know, giving Miami Central a struggle, Carroll City, is, you know, has a potential that they could struggle. And I mean, they have struggled in a couple few games this year, so you know that. You know, I think I think you know, either I, one I, of these really, teams too also would come into that game a little mentally exhausted. I, I think the, I, I, you're probably right. They're probably going to be mentally tapped out at this particular point because they've had it tough this season, both of them. And, 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 you, and you can only, and there's only so much wear and tear these these sixteen, seventeen year olds can really take on their bodies at this particular point. And, mm-hmm. and even I even think the coaches are probably like. How in the heck do we prepare for this next week? I mean, I mean, I mean, I can see it. They're going to probably be trying to break down every piece of game film they can get their hands on. Of course, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's uh, going to be a war, and the prize is going to mainland. How about that? Um, Armwood and Vanguard. I'm just going to go ahead and say that's going to be our third round matchup up there. It's going to be a good one. 
Well, actually, well, 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 just just here's here's a good thing for though for Gainesville, and this is where where Gainesville this is where Gainesville might have an advantage this time around because I saw Vanguard and Gainesville play the first time this year. In game games, what was down several players, and it affected them badly. Well, those players are now mm-hmm. back after serving their suspension. So, at this particular point, does Gainesville have an advantage? I, I, I could give it to them because you know they they seem to do they seem to play road warrior. They I mean they they seem to do all right on the road when they need to. But you know, I mean Vanguard, this is at home for them. So you know, I mean so they get a home field advantage. I, I just think maybe Vanguard just has got it for this time around. So. In a Vanguard Armwood matchup, and in, in, in that particular case, Armwood's going to have to make the trip up to Ocala. So, right. I mean, I, I think you, you know, I think you got that, and I think I think that region one you get Pine Forest, you either get Pine Forest or Tate, and, and then no, I'm, I'm taking Niceville because there, there's actually, I mean, even though it seems like there's there's a situation going on with Choctaw, I still think I mean, even that is put put that out of mind. Niceville's going to win that game, so I mean, it looks like we might have some interesting uh, regional final matchups next weekend. Yeah, sliding into sliding into Class Five A. Uh, look, forget your forget who you're talking to for a minute. American Heritage is taking on Hallandale in a rematch. This is a, like an all or none year for Hallandale. How much of a chance do you give Hallandale uh, in this rematch against American Heritage, which is at Heritage? Well, if they learned their lesson from the last time around, this could be even a more. I could I could see this being a, a tighter ball game this time around, and it means that that's the way I'm looking at it. I mean, I mean, as long as they learned their lessons from the last time around, mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna, you, yeah, American Heritage is gonna have a fight on their hands, and, and you know, and it's interesting, and you you talk about the the flip side game on the other side of that region four bracket. Mm-hmm. Some people think this is Bishop Moore's year to make the run for a state title. So, I've heard that more than once. I mean, I, mean, I just don't know. I mean, it just, it, I mean, I, I think I think that five A bracket's kind of wide open a little bit too in a lot of ways. I mean, but I still, I, I just still, I still like American Heritage until someone proves me wrong. You know, prove, mm-hmm. that, that's what it's going to take. Is, is someone proving me wrong? And, and until right. American Heritage goes down in the playoffs or something, you know, that's that's where. Well, I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with the Patriots. Just, just, yeah, well, you know, obviously, I would think get Bishop if, Moore next week. Yeah, I would think if American Heritage w- fell out of that bracket, it would become extremely wide open uh, because it'd be oh, a, yeah, any number exactly. of teams you would say could make a could make a run of that thing. Um, here's to hoping that that doesn't happen. Uh, up in that northern part, is it still North Marion, or was there anything that you saw last week that would you make know, you say, "Hey, hold on now"? You know, there, no, there's nothing I'd say. Hold on now, because they they, they took care of business against Menendez. The, the thing, the thing that I'm seeing this week is some people think Clay can beat North Marion. I'm just like, I don't think Clay has seen a team like North Marion that can be able to put up, you know, be able to do what they do offensively, just just the way they do it. And I just, you know, Clay. Yeah, I think the the, the amount of the, you know, just the number of D1 prospects between the two teams, North Marion's definitely got a key advantage. It's just Basically, can everybody utilize those particular players? You know, can North Marion utilize all their particular players, especially like Freddie Swain is committed to the University of Florida. I mean, they got so I mean, just guys that can ball. So I mean, my question though, the, the thing though is that what might help Clay is that okay, this is being this is over in Green Coast Springs. It's a Clay High School. Okay, North Marion's not going to have their home crowd to deal with, be able to you know mm. cheer them on. 
you know, right, but right. you know, I, I was a little surprised to see that it was only a fourteen point spread between the two teams. But you know, I mean, I think that's more of a touch. Hey, maybe to old, maybe old a lot of ways Joe, too. maybe old Joe knows a little something. We've only got ten minutes remaining. Uh, let's get into Class Four A, where things are a little bit more accelerated. You know, they don't have as many rounds as the uh, as the five through eight A. Here we are. It's bowls again. Can't ever get bowls out of this thing. They're always in it, and here they are. But it's a no, it's, it's a it's big a time. Bulls. It's a northern war here with rains. Uh, it's it's a it's a city showdown in Jacksonville. Bowls versus rains. It's it's. I mean, it's at the graveyard again in the northwest part of Jacksonville. And bowls and rains. I mean, it just. I I I I like to see rains actually do it for once and just get past bowls in in, in the second round. That's what I really want to see. Oh, you've you know, got like, a bunch of people in Jacksonville that want to see that as well. I went up there a couple of years ago and I wasn't coaching. But I went up there when American Heritage played bowls, and you had enough people sitting in that stands really hating on bowls, wanting them to drop dead, and a couple of them went for rains, you know, just tired of bowls, and bowls is bull crap. Hey, um, bowls so bowls is the dominant. Bowls, bowls has been the dominant. They are, that and, and, for, and that gets hated, no doubt. Oh yeah, and then and then you got Dunhill and Santa Fe in that Region Two bracket. I mean, but I think I think the shocker is we get down the Region Four, this Region Four final. Glade Central eleven over Booker T. Washington. Who saw that? Yeah, not guy. a whole lot of respect uh, for the for the you know for the Tornadoes there who went out and uh, really handled their business against a U school team that I thought had a bit of a shot against them, uh, and they just oh, ran yeah. away with it. So I think they got to be looking at this. And listen, anyone who tells you they don't know about the Pinkos or, you know, I don't pay attention, they're lying to you. You know, you go out looking for that kind of stuff. So Booker T answers this thing uh, fully motivated in this game against Glade Central. That's going to be a good one, which this is taking place at Glade Central. Am I am I right on that? Yeah, it's at Glade Central. So I think, you know, that gives Glade Central an advantage here, you know, being, hey, Booker T's got to make that make that almost an hour and a half drive up from Miami. So, you know, that's a, yeah, uh, that's a, that's listen, a tough call. If Coco doesn't find itself in the game next week, it would represent the biggest, I think, upset in all of uh, the state of Florida playoffs going on tonight. So not much to talk about there. They, uh, it's fully expected for Coco to send Avon Park home. Um, in in their game tonight. Oh, yeah. All right, we're only going to have I think time left for three A, um, and I'm telling you right now we've talked about this for weeks. We talked about it earlier in the year when they were going to play the first time in what I'm calling the Palm Beach Sheriff Bowl, uh, Oxbridge and American Heritage. And this time, Josh, it's for everything. As these two go this on, is the marble on the back marble on the. T- marble on the table. Yeah, just a little <laughs> backdrop in history for the people. Oxbridge's coach was. Uh, a state at, winning coach for American Heritage multiple times. So, uh, and we still got staff correct at Heritage that coached with Doug Sosa. I believe I believe so. So you know, and, and oh then yeah, there's the, you know, then, get it, the it, sheriffs it, in there. This is going to be war. This is going to be it's it's a battle, and in the fact that it's only a one point game in favor for Oxbridge, that tells you this game could go either way. It's going to just it could come down to a field goal, and that's probably you know there's a good chance. But you know what happened earlier in the season? You know American Heritage didn't really show up for that game. I think they kind of got their butts handed to them in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, I, mean, I think I a lot of people I, I, see Oxbridge as the future. I don't know if the future is now for them, but, but this is that last chance I think for American Heritage, and they may—I don't—they may not be looking at it this way. Uh, they certainly wouldn't project that out there. But 
you 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 need to you need to win this game against Oxbridge to stop some of that momentum they have going up there because you know all the talk is starting to be about Oxbridge in Palm Beach County. Um, American Heritage needs to do something about that, and it has to happen on this gridiron tonight. Oh yeah, they have to. They, it's, it's it's basically it's it's either win or go home. It's it's it, they're, they're, this is what it is. It's in it's, so many ways. It, I mean, so many ways, and I think I think I think. If American Heritage loses, I think that it it will definitely impact their program for 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 many Let's years see. to come. It this this will be a game mm-hmm. that will definitely have a trickle down effect. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree on that as well um, because Oxbridge has that momentum and Heritage has to do, has to do some. They're almost I don't, look. I don't want to get all dramatic, but they're almost fighting for their football program right here tonight. Because if Oxbridge keeps this momentum going, then they're going to kind of get what they want in terms of talent there over Heritage, uh, almost each and every time. So um, there's a lot more at oh, stake yeah. than just a trip to the to the to the you know to the semifinals when these two yeah. get together tonight. No doubt. In this upper part, you've uh, you've been a, a staunch supporter of Trinity Christian, um, feeling like they are the team in the North. Do you still feel that way? Oh, I mean, yeah. Even though they've got several players out on suspension, this for something I think was totally stupid last week, going out on the field and having their little whatever they did, they really just you know they shouldn't have even done. I, mm-hmm. I still think you know it, 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 it may not make the beat down as severe on Taylor County, but you know it's it, okay. Trinity Christians go go out to Perry, beat Taylor County, come back next week and get get ready to. And get ready that they're going to have to go. Then get prepared to make that trip down to Tampa next week, likely to play Tampa Catholic. Otherwise, right. it's, it's going to be a road trip to Ocala to play Trinity Catholic again, which they've already beaten. They beat Week One, so I mean, I mean, but I think that's another surprise: is Trinity Catholic losing record, district champ, yet here they are in the regional final. You know, it's it's kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Uh... Strange things happen in the playoffs here in the state of Florida. All right, I, we're going to have to leave it with that. I only got four minutes left. Uh, the 2A and 1A, obviously, we'll uh, be talking about really, really big things next week with them, and you know, hopefully we have more time than that. But uh, listen, it's going to be a fun night, man. Some of these wars going down, South Dade, South Ridge, the uh, Palm Beach – uh, County Bowl, and uh, you know, shoot, we didn't even get around to talking about Flanagan and Deerfield. Do you give Deerfield a chance in that ball game? I give Deerfield a chance. I just still, I, I still, I still like Flanagan to win. I just, I mean, I, until until something, until, but then again, you know, Deerfield, Deerfield, Deerfield showing some effort. So you know, let's. And that, yeah, that, Flanagan's rolling right for... now, man. But uh, I'm shoot, I'm excited for it. Not only for our game, but uh, some of these other ones, Coral Gables and Columbus. That's. That's going to be a big deal. Can Sunset make it to uh, the third round of the playoffs? Believe that or not, Miami Central and Carroll oh, yeah. City. There's a lot going on tonight. It's uh, yeah. You, I, are you going to be able to put your phone down for a minute tonight? I don't think so. It, 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 I think I think what's going to happen is that these people are going to be saying. I mean, I mean, there were so many people checking scores last week. We were having trouble. We were having actually a little trouble with the site. But I mean, here it is for the teams. Are you, is your team going to be practicing come Thanksgiving morning or something? No, exactly. You know, you, do you, that's the time you want to be practicing. Practice doesn't really excite people, um, especially people named Allen Iverson. But you do want to be practicing um, this Thanksgiving. That means you're doing something good. Hey, I got a quick question for you. How does the score stream work? Like, where do the scores come in from? The scores come in. How those scores come, recorded? 
the scores that people if people tweet them out and they use they they, they the thing it'll actually pick it up it'll score if we see it we'll put it into the system you know it, wow awesome you know and people can and people can use it and they can use the app on their Android or a, a, a iPhone and just score it from the phone there if they're at the game you know score it from the thing you know that's you know yeah definitely a good thing I was correct. I was late and slow on that but uh, if you're a high school football fan here in South Florida you got to download that score stream go go to the uh, go to the to the Android store, go to the to iTunes store and uh, get that downloaded to your phone right now. You'll thank me later. Uh, Josh, great. appreciate you coming That's on great. as always. Yeah, free download. Appreciate free download it. and yeah. get the scores. Yeah, appreciate it and happy Thanksgiving, Chad. Thank you. All right, same to you, my friend. All right, Joshua Wilson joining me here. Uh, on the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, listen, that's the it. That's the end. That's all of it. It's another Football Friday show. We talked college football. We talked NFL. We talked high school football. My job is done here. It's been a long week. It's been a long, crazy week. The whole clutch like MJ stuff, uh, all the college football we've talked about on the show this week, uh, NFL football games, and high school football here in the state of Florida. Tons and tons and tons. Having fun doing this show. We are a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank all of our new listeners. You new listeners out there, the Gridiron Stud Show airs weekdays at 10 a.m. You can find us right here. Go to gridironstudshow.com. And then they, uh, I do have one night show a week. It's the uh, weekly recruiting roundtable. That's on at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you guys on Monday. Same bad time, same bad channel. Can you?